Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 398. Today is Friday, uh, March 1st. We're in March, you guys. We have marched into March. Here come all the prophetic words about marching, you know, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, guys, super stoked uh, for today's episode. I'm also stoked it's Friday. I'm, I'm, I'm excited it's Friday. I'm excited for the weekend. Uh, let me know what you guys have planned for the weekend. I'm going to be hanging out with some friends, some old friends from work. We're going to be gaming it up. It's going to be a great time. Going to eat some food. Uh, my friend is a really, really talented. Uh, he's talented in the culinary world. And so he always makes something really yummy. So he said, I'm cooking. And I was like, yes, sir. I'm not going to fight you on that. Uh, I So every week, Mariah, who does her podcast, every Friday, she sends out a report showing how Elijah Fire is performing in the podcast arena, how Elijah's Dreams is performing in the podcast arena. And today I had to share this with you guys because it's just wild. Uh, I get the email this morning and it says, Elijah Fire saw a 389% increase in podcast listening. That's 389%. That's wild, you guys. And so she's like, yes, you read that right. 389%. I was like, whoa. Oh my. So uh, super amazing. Big shout out to all you guys on the podcast front lines. Um, thank you. We really appreciate it. And we were so blessed to have you guys listening in that arena as well. So after the live uh, live stream, we take every episode and we convert it into a podcast and it's there by the next morning, whatever episode airs that day, by the next morning, it shows up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Podbean. For all you Podbean people, we got like 50 people over there or something. I'm like, dude, I got to, you guys are representing the Podbean. So uh, guys, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Um, also guys, uh, we dig a new freshwater well every two days. It is no longer every three days. It is every two days around the world. Uh, specifically, I guess our main hub would be Uganda because that's where Show Mercy is. Uh, Show Mercy International, amazing organization. Mike and Lori Sally, amazing people. Um, but we've expanded beyond there. We do some stuff stateside with First Nations people, uh, and we do stuff in we've done stuff in Nepal, Ethiopia, and beyond. So, uh, guys, anytime you donate to ElijahStreams.com/slash/donate, that's where a portion of that donation is going to go. So even if you gave five bucks and that's all you had. A portion of that $5 went to these water wells. So we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get going. Jaja Zaina and her great-grandchildren have gone their entire lives without clean water. They spend their days collecting dirty, unsafe water. They have been praying for a miracle, and that prayer has been answered. Because of your generosity, a water well has been drilled near Zaina's home. Would you join us in providing clean water to the people of Uganda? Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate, or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 
525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Thank you guys again so much for those donations. I would just ask any of you, if you've been blessed by this show, to prayerfully consider sewing into this show, ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you can do that. And we so appreciate those donations. So um, without any further ado, guys, if there's anybody, I absolutely love my guest today. Um, we've had his wife, Mandy, on several times. We've had him on several times. We've had them on together. We've been on separate. Uh, he's flying solo today. But if there's anybody that I can think of who is a, a shining example of what it means to follow Jesus, to love Jesus, to surrender to him, it's this guy. Um, so uh, he's a, a gifted teacher, Bible teacher, gifted minister. Uh, without any further ado, let's give it up for our guest today, Costin Woodhouse. G'day! G'day, <laughs> mate. How you going? <laughs> I had to do that for you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you got that all the time when you lived in America. Never happened, no. No, no, no. no. Never. <laughs> Shrimp on the Bobby, all that stuff. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Good help it. Uh, how are you doing, man? Uh, doing great this morning. It's uh yeah. I've I passed through the gates of the weekend. Uh I'm in it's in the Saturday here, Saturday morning. So I've had like a cup of coffee and uh you know, little cuddles from the dog and so on. Come on. Haven't Come had on. the second coffee yet, so you know. Really? Okay. Do you usually have two cups? Are you a two cupper kind of person? I like two cups. Yeah. 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 Same. It's a little rough here. I've got a commercial espresso machine at home. So, yeah. Oh, it's super rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> super rough. One of these days I would love to get one of those, like where it's like, got an actual like shot pole handle on it. Oh, the lever. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Just to say, you know, it's just like one of those things where people see it and they raise their eyebrow and they're like, wow. And I'm like, would you like me to take you on a journey? uh a fantastic coffee because i can do those it. things are making a comeback too the old lever machines really it's like a bit of skill to use sometimes depending on how they're designed yeah well i remember seeing the movie about a boy with hugh grant uh, i don't know if you've ever seen that but he's like yeah. this bachelor and he just buys a bunch of stuff i think he like got famous for writing a jingle or a song or something and so he has all this money but he had this single stand like espresso shot puller and, and it has a handle on it. I was always like, that that's really cool. Like I would, one of these days, I would love to have one, but uh, you know, whatever. I'd, <laughs> I, an espresso machine would just be great. Anyways. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we were talking, uh, we've been talking the past couple of days just about, um, you know, what God has been speaking to us. And, and one of the things that we've kind of both kind of landed on was this idea of a kind of a temperature reading. And that's kind of mm. one of the things that I would like to kind of, we're going to be talking about kind of a, a plethora of things today, but they're all kind of centered around kind of just a temperature read on the body of Christ temperature read on uh, culture and where the church stands in regards to culture um, society as a whole. Um, but one of the things that, you know, we titled this, like, what is reformation? And it's, that's going to be kind of broad. I mean, we're not necessarily <laughs> going to, I think what I, I'm more framed it that way because I'm like, okay, some people are going to be curious. They maybe never heard that word before and they clicked on this. Um, so I don't know if you could explain, I'm going to put you on the spot. What, how would you define reformation? Cause it's not just for the church. We, we, 
we kind of pinpoint, we throw it on the church a lot and that is happening, but it is happening. I would say across all of culture and society right now. So what, how would you describe reformation to somebody? Totally. So there's no um, surprise to anyone that um, there's a lot of things just swirling around in, in culture and society and the body mm-hmm. of Christ at the moment, the spirit really. Um, and it's so many, like there's so many pieces in the air at the moment. Uh, so many things happening. Uh, what I, what I'm not going to do, um, you know, people go define this or define that and they start making lists. They're like, you know, well, Reformation is marked by this and this and this and this and this and, yeah. this and that. And step one, about, step two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it gets dry really quickly and, yeah. you know, publish a textbook uh, and put it on the shelf. Uh, but um, I, I want to talk about like three words at once because I think they they mash together. Um, awakening, revival, and reformation. And um, I think when they're done uh when they're in truth like when they're in their fullness the three of them are uh they just play that they interplay with each other those three those three words because we can make definitions but you know, all we're doing is a scientific experiment if we're trying to just define things we want to find what what's the life in something and and see it manifest on the earth so i started with talking about things are swirling up in the air it's that's um fairly typical of when you have these three words in motion so um you know, I was reading um, again about uh, the Second Great Awakening, and uh, you know, um, unfortunately, a lot of uh, websites, especially mainstream ones, they're, they're sort of uh, strewn with this sort of gaslighting, secular language and perspective on history, where it involves the Holy Spirit, where um, it really has no idea what really what really goes on underneath the the surface of, of these these movements in history. But one of the sort of outflow factors of awakening, especially uh, the great the second great awakening, is sweeping social reforms. And so you mm. see like um uh, uh abolition of slavery being uh one of the mm. um outflows and and things that come out of the second great awakening. Um and that you know um Oh, that's a rabbit trail. Never mind. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, abolition and things like temperance, which led to um, uh, uh, you know uh, alcohol being banned or production of alcohol being banned, stuff like that. Um, and you know, it's easy to look back in the past and um, have different perspectives that you read things, and they're like, well, you know, uh, people would say that uh, uh, I'm blanking on what what do you, what do you call it when uh, alcohol is banned? It's called uh, prohibition. And they criticize it, but what they fail to see is that like society crumbling and the per capita intake of uh, alcohol, especially by men in that period of time, so incredibly high. Yeah. I think some statistics put it at like three to four times the per capita average in 1998 um, versus, you know, this sort of um, early 1800s. And it, and it destroying families, destroying society. And then you see um, what is, so this is where the three words come together, revival, where the Holy Spirit, through the agency of prayer and, and the obedience of man, and even perhaps some sovereign things, um, and I'm not trying to, you know, argue those points, just saying that there's these elements at work. Um, God moves in and through his people 
and there's a revival of people's connection to God, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the um, their passion, their surrender to God. And if you read the accounts of individuals um, through those different uh, periods, and an easy one to land on is the Second Great Awakening, mm-hmm. you see their lives radically changed, radical encounters with the Lord, radical uh, outflow of holiness in their lives, and not as an external uh, benchmark. Um, like, uh, and that's all that the the carnal secular realm can see. They're like, oh, there were the, these doctrinal changes, and yeah, there were, uh, there were you know uh, they talk about things like the Protestant work ethic and stuff like that. It's just just a lot of rubbish, um, really. It's it's a radical internal transformation because of relationship of the indwelling Holy Spirit in people, and so you see church attendance, um, you know, explode, and and new churches being planted, and um, and the revival of hearts by the Holy Spirit happening, right? And then as a consequence of that, hopefully, as we partner with it, or as people partner with it, you see uh, a, a societal and, um, well, first of all, like the, the body of Christ, it, it, it lifts. And so there's um, a, a revival, there's an awakening that happens within the church itself. And so mm-hmm. they, people get uh, disciple, they get on fire, they, they surrender their hearts to the Lord, it spreads. There's growth, there's change, there's renewal within the within the body of Christ, and and that um, hopefully there's an internal reformation that happens that that have, that spreads out into society, and then you get uh, so you get uh, societal reform, you get mm-hmm. things changed, and it's not just uh, people going around saying uh, we want to change this, we want to change that, but there's a heart of compassion mm-hmm. dresses the misalignment with heaven that's happening on the earth and that looks like justice yeah and so you know we, we start to what is reformation it's not just somebody going around putting their finger at all the administrative uh, uh, uh deficiencies within uh church movements or structures or whatever uh it's not even necessarily um first and foremost uh doctrinal reform or doctrinal um returning to the gospel even though it definitely but it's, that's a consequence of revival there's a there's a move of god there's a holy spirit moving in the hearts of people and man and that brings all those other things it brings truth it brings uh hearts on fire that that move into evangelism that move into holy lives that are surrendered that move into uh, a contagious fire that spreads within the body of christ that sees people awaken that sees people in dead religion dead um, or even compromise, sees mm-hmm. them um, restored, sees truth where they see the face of God, they see the Holy yeah. Spirit, those things are restored and renewed. Uh, and then as a consequence of that, there are often new movements or there are administrative changes, structural changes, but they aren't first and foremost an intellectual administrative exercise. They're an outpouring and leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's a pu- almost a purity to it is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, we were, uh, talking, you know, Jeff and I were talking, we were really excited about, you know, some of the things that, that we felt floating around in the, um, in the spirit, um, and what we're talking about. One thing I went, you know, uh, and looked at, uh, Jeff, I was reminded of is in, um, uh, 1588, um, the English Navy defeated the Spanish Armada, um, and right after that, like literally within a decade, you see a massive explosion of what we would call Protestant 
uh, global missions. Hmm. Now, um, to put some context to it, the Reformation had, had really like matured. Like you think about, you just come out of the um, you know early 1500s, and you're seeing the restoration of what is a um, some pure truths of the gospel that are salvation by faith. Mm-hmm. Now, um, the Catholic Church at the time wasn't always in the state that it was in at that stage. You know, you, you dial the clock back a thousand years, and that's the church. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel spreading out globally, uh, first and foremost from um, the tatters of the Roman Empire and then into, you know, the uh, Middle and Dark Ages and so on. But you see the spread of the gospel um, come forward to the 1400s, and suddenly you've got this, um, you know, this is a generalized sort of sweeping brush show. You've got this uh, perverted gospel that's um, not a gospel at all. It's just, um, you know, uh, corrupt church uh, hierarchy and this strange um, demonic melding of church and state. I'm not saying that, that the church shouldn't be, by the way, I'm not saying the church shouldn't be involved in politics um, or the state, but but in the form it was in, um, in the 1400s, it was this disgusting, um, you know, uh, mutated thing. Had nothing to do with uh, with really seeing Jesus. Would you uh, would you th- lump in like, for instance, like the Spanish Inquisition down in South America, where like they, they basically would like hold their sword to pe- like natives and be like, "Follow Jesus or die," kind of a thing. Would- yeah, and I'm not I'm not an expert on um, you know uh, the Inquisitors and all that sort of stuff like that. So the Conquistadors and the Inquisition and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I can't speak to that one directly. Okay. Um, um but certainly if you're behaving like that then that's not consistent with the gospel is it right uh whereas you see protestant protestant missions were very different mm-hmm. um you know creature and um and then you you know you see uh the persecution of people like the hussites and uh, and those trying to translate the bible into english um and then moving into the reformation and you see a restoration of the gospel and access to the scriptures salvation by faith but not only do you see the you know, everyone talks about Martin Luther and and uh, the change in, in doctrine per se. But if you look at the time and you read what people were doing and experiencing, it's it revival. Mm. And, um, excuse me, and people's hearts were coming on fire because they're being respo- restored to relationship with God yeah. and they're being led by the Holy Spirit. And it's some of the most amazing things. Anabaptists, my heroes, like, um, uh, you know, absolutely giving their lives. Like uh, there was... Um, in uh, Germany and other places in in Europe, that there, you know, there was a law passed that if um, you know if someone became an Anabaptist, they would be strangled to death. Like, Jeez. and uh, you know, there are personal letters I've written, uh, sorry, read, excuse me, that were written between you know families where uh, you know a husband had been strangled to death, and the wife's writing to the children saying, "If we die, we've just followed in the um, footsteps of the prophets, hmm. um, and don't be ashamed of us, be proud of us, um, you know, uh, and and have a relationship with Christ, basically, like." Um, so we see this 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 amazing thing, and and uh, and there's these you know people like Zwingli and others. You know, there's this mass church planning and this revival, and then, and it leads to things like the Moravians. Uh, there's this global change and this global awakening, this global spreading of the gospel and a restoring yeah. of the message that's never changed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So how do you feel, Costin, about? what we're seeing now because something that i've said i think that there's a lot of you know we could throw on like these big ideas like revival and and reformation and and lots of other things we can, and and there's almost this like 
a trepidation to actually even fully acknowledge that it's here because you don't want to be like, oh, what if it's not, you know, but something that I've been saying, and I said it yesterday on, on, the, on the show as well, but that I do believe that we've been in very clear signs of reformation within the last four years, especially, you know, definitely yeah. when COVID hit a lot of turbulence, uh, if I could use that word, um, you know, and be, I'm sure there could be an argument made. Oh, it actually was happening sooner than that. But I think well, these things become to be apparent once we're looking back and the more distance is put between you and certain dates. Suddenly you're like, okay, actually this, it actually happened around there. But anyways, I would say last four years, I, I could see we were in a clear sign because I've been hearing talks about reformation. Um, and not even just reformation within the church, societal reformation. You know, if you talk about the different mountains of society, I think that it's not lost on people that point blindly at any of those seven mountains. And you'll be like, okay, yeah, we can identify areas that need to be reformed, things that re need to be reevaluated. But what it's sounding like to you, Costin, before I'm, I let you answer what I was going to say about, you know, how does this apply to today? Um, I would say, and I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I had Very to good. say that other thing, and then I forgot what I was going to say. Um, hold on. It's coming back, already Costin. In, already Ooh. in uh, yes. Reformation. Yeah. But it, it'll come back to me. I'm okay. sure it will. If it's important, it'll come back to me. But how does this apply to today? You know, like we're talking about Reformation. Yeah. Like, so this is, I guess. It's kind of implied that we're referring to today that like there is re reformation is happening today. But what does that look like? How are you seeing that play out in the church? I guess is where it would probably start first. But yeah, yeah. Well, um, first of all, you're in reformation. Like if you're listening, you're in reformation whether you like it or not. Mm. You're already there. It's already been happening. Um, you're in. You're in awakening. You're in revival. It's happening. It's it's all those three um, swirling around together, and um, one of the things historically I've noticed is before these um, awakening and and reformation uh, eras, like these events, these movements happen. There's pressure um, before um, is before you see the massive global missions of um the l very late 1500s um which really goes into the 1600s you see um the first great awakening you know and and and, and there's a lot of other things that happen that, that you know a lot of little uh, almost unremembered but still documented uh, revivals and 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 mission uh, uh endeavors that happen in that that period but it goes, it's on the back of about 150 years of intense persecution against um, the scriptures being translated into English, against Protestantism, against the Anabaptists, against uh, all these movements, um, you know, of, of these awakening Protestants that are being, um, uh, 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 people being being restored to truth, right? It's this yeah. incredible pressure. And then as they, um, you know, overcome him by the word of their testimony in blood of the Lamb, there's a the bubble pops at some point and there's breakthrough and the gospel spreads. Mm -hmm. um, something similar happened before the um, 
uh, um, the revivals of the 1800s, the beginning of the 1800s, there were universities that, uh, you know, not that long after the First Great Awakening, not so many decades, you've got universities mocking the gospel. Hmm. Major um, uh, American and British universities were openly mocking the gospel. Which were originally founded on? Bingo. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. And without going off on a rabbit trail, I've noticed that um, wherever there used to be revival and religion moves in, where there's just the flesh and there's dead sort of dead doctrine, dead works, I feel like that's where the place the enemy likes to land. Yeah. Um, I mean, the place of the, the, the Reformation happened in Germany, and then it becomes the campground of Nazism and, um, and the persecution of the Jews and Christians, mm-hmm. by the way, if you read. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake, Nazism and communism are um, hats that the spirit of Antichrist wears. Hmm. Um, and they're characterized by a degradation of human life uh, and the persecution of the Gospels. Hmm. Um, and, and sorry, of, of the Word of God and, um, and anyone that has anything to do with that. Uh, and that's, you'll see that same spirit in um, the current woke um, spirit. Um, yeah. So there's, there's pressure, right? There's pressure, pressure, pressure. Um, massive again, massive revivals happen after all that pressure happens. You see the, the second great awakening, you've got the prayer revival of uh, 1856, 1857. Um, so many things, and it, 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 it like it almost gets like momentum and catapults into the end of the um, the 19th century and into the beginning of the early, early 20th century. There's so many movements, um, coming off the back of people like Maria Woodworth Edda. Then you get into the 20th century and you've got Billy Sunday got um, the the, uh, the voice of healing movement you've got amazing global um evangelical efforts happening through so many people from the word of faith the early word of faith movement um and you, you know this is the time of smith wigglesworth um and just so many others and right in the middle of that you've got two world wars not to mention um crazy things like the boxer rebellion and uh in, in china and uh, uh korea and uh, all sorts of things like the Boer War, just so many things coming that um, you could almost say they're a reaction to the coming revival. Mm. Uh, and they seem to be dispersed. It's like the enemy is trying everything he can to wipe out and dis- yeah. uh, a generation, distract a generation from what God is doing. Wow. Um, you said to me uh, in our conversations prior to this, you know, um, something that's um you know it's so insightful like you said but the, the the devil doesn't really have it's easy to look at what's happening in the world and say you know what the devil's doing and say oh that's the thing but uh but i agree with what you said that um the devil's not he's not the one initiating things on the earth god is moving but the devil to use my own language is just a very early adopter it's like oh my gosh this is what's happening on the earth Yep. Very early brings a counterfeit and an anti it to um to destroy, distract, mm-hmm. um, steal whatever he can do, um to to bring the counterfeit and yeah, uh, you know the, the the example we used was identity. Um, yep. I've watched a revelation of identity really come to the fore in the body of Christ. Yeah, um, really since the early 2010s. And what's the very thing the enemy very quickly comes up with identity? So. Uh, homosexuality, transgender, yep. um, all sorts of other junk that that that, that swirls around that confusion. Yeah, even just shallow um, things like I am a lover of cookies. Like that's your that that is your identity, you know. And it's a very shallow thing. I know that's a really elementary example, kind of funny, but 
But we see that a lot now where everyone's like, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. These are all the, th here's all my stuff. And I'm like, can I argue that, can I challenge, can I push back on that a little bit that maybe all your stuff is not what your identity is? Like all the go. things, yeah, so. And we've, we've lost our fathers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the things that father and family are, um, and I, when I say family, like I very much mean, um, I might just throw the, the bomb out there and say the nuclear family. Um, and also the family of the body of Christ, mm -hmm. uh, having father figures. So there's a masculine uh, representation of the image of God that imbues people with a sense of safety, of discipline, and of identity. Uh, and and the spirit of the age has been uh, attacking, like sapping at the foundations of that um, very much probably since the beginning of the Second World War, um, the rise of things like feminism and um, and also, like, it tastes the same to me, this whole woke agenda, right? It's just, it's like, what is feminine? What is masculinity? And these words like toxic masculinity. So I have no idea what they're talking about. It's just degrading yeah. and devaluing masculinity. Now we're seeing the fruit of it. Yeah. Um, even in the church, like, people just don't know. And it's not 100% of the church, but but that that spirit tries to to implant itself. And, um, and so people are desperately looking for identity on the in external factors as well as um you know perverted internal factors um so that's kind of the you know that's the pressure element and we're seeing that pressure i felt it in the spirit um almost like a um, barometric pressure in the mid to late um 2010s so from about some um, you know sort of in its infancy in about 2013 Mm. Um, but then I saw it ramp up radically towards the end of the decade. And um, at the same time, I felt that uh, there, you know, uh, there's something changing, there's something being revealed and also changing the body of Christ. And that's this identity thing. Yeah. Um, just a revelation that we've been crucified with Christ. This is a simplified point. We've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us that lives, but Christ that lives in us. Come on. So when we accept the gospel, it's not just forgiveness, it's holiness. Yeah. And not yep. an external law-based holiness, um, but uh, one that's empowered by the reality of grace, the oneness with God, where we're baptized into his likeness, into his, um, it almost sounds like, um, you know, that still sounds external, but actually when we're baptized, you know, baptism is a death and a resurrection. The old man dies and then Christ comes and lives inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And mm. you... Um, live that out in relationship with the Lord. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. You know, it says abide in me and, and I in you. You'll bear much fruit, right? And, um, and so there's that, you know, grafting into him and then his life flows through you and you live in holiness apart from self-effort through relationship with the Holy Spirit. And um, that's the reality of the gospel. And I think that's what's being restored. It's the called a second reformation if you will you know there's the foundation of salvation by faith through grace right there's this free gift of forgiveness by faith um but what that doctrine fails to explicitly articulate is that those people were living in holiness hmm. because of the manifestation of um the reality that they've been restored to uh, oneness with god through jesus christ and the holy spirit and um and now we're seeing that articulated as almost like a second reformation. We're like, this is the other half mm -hmm. of the coin. It's um, mm -hmm. this is what the new covenant achieved or the old covenant couldn't do. 
which uh, not only could, could it not actually truly forgive your sins, but it truly forgives your sins through faith and restores you to holiness, which is something the law could never produce. And it's a holiness that's greater than the law could ever um, produce or articulate. Uh, and and that's, that's always been the people of God. Um, I was praying the other day and the Lord added a sentence to something that he said to me over 20 years ago. Um, I was in a, a, a first year, my first year of Bible college. I've been a Christian for about two years, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the lecturers in our theology class, New Testament theology, says, what was uh, the point of the cross? What was God trying to achieve? And uh, everyone was saying these different things, you know, like like about forgiveness and the process and stuff. And I mean, like, you know, there's a thousand million books about the atonement written. Yeah. Um, uh, so the class was almost like uh, reading an N.T. Wright book, you know what I mean? Like it was processing all the uh, different ideas uh-huh. and um I, I actually sat on the stage like i got out of the conversation so the stage and like oh so many like great voices here but like i'm not landing anything what do you say oh, so holy spirit and he said to me there were two things i was trying to achieve by the cross um i've always wanted a people under myself and there were two obstacles to that one is the need for forgiveness and the other is holiness and um i didn't understand really at all the gravity of what he was saying to me Hmm. but he achieved both of those things through the death and resurrection through the cross Um, anyone that truly engages with the lord is going to find that their sins are forgiven and they meant that there's a um outflow of holiness in their lives yeah um, and uh, freedom from sin, and uh, there's a new creation. There's a you're not the old person anymore. That was read Romans six, everybody. I always talk about it. Read Romans six. Oh. I love that chapter. It's one of my favorite Man. chapters in the whole of scripture. So glad you said that because if the Reformation was about Romans four and five, which are the faith chapters, then this Reformation, at least in the identity sense, is about Romans six. Mm. Um, you know, dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Having been mm-hmm. freed from sin, you became a slave of righteousness. Um, so back to what I was saying, um, Lord added a sentence to this. It was only a couple of days ago. He said, I wanted a people under myself, right? So there's this need for forgiveness and holiness. But then he said, um, I realized my fingers had a shot, forgiveness and holiness. And then um, he said, in fact, what I want is a people in whom I dwell. And that looks like something like that, that actually looks like forgiveness and holiness. It looks like oneness with the Lord. It looks like interpersonal and intrapersonal holiness. Yeah. Because his presence is there. It's it's more it's more than just ticking all the rule boxes of holiness. It's actually glory. Yeah. The glorious indwelling and outflowing Holy Spirit in us individually and in collectively. It's obvious that there's somebody, just the presence of the Lord is dwelling here in all of his glory and holiness. Uh, I don't think holiness is like um, like a blank slate where you're just like, well, I've got no marks off of my name. You know what I mean? There's nothing to, to write against me here. Mm-hmm. I think holiness is this awe-inspiring, love-overflowing, um, impacting presence of the Lord in our lives, the anointing that people fall on their knees and go, oh my gosh, God is amongst you. He's beautiful. I want to repent. I want to, to know him. Mm-hmm. I can see in his face who I really am or who I'm meant to be and who I will be in him. And um, that's, that's holiness. 
Yeah. Um, right. This yeah. is the reformation. This is what it looks like. It's not just a change of doctrine per se, like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's not just forgiveness. It's also holiness. It's not just, um, didn't Jesus didn't just die for us. He died as us. It's, it's a death. It's not just, um, you know, not just salvation in terms of, uh, forgiveness of sins by faith. It's also co death and co resurrection, co, um, raised with him, co seated. It's, it's not just a statement about it. it's actually the living embodiment of those things and the revival that that brings. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, to reference another point in scripture and something that comes to mind when you're talking about, I guess this, what the cross produces in us, you know, how we're supposed, you know, a great model of that is in Colossians chapter three, the first half of Colossians chapter three is another one of my favorite parts of scripture. Um, but he basically, you know, Paul, it's that well-known portion where he's talking about because Christ has reconciled us to himself, there's no longer Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, slave or free, all of that. And he says, um, yeah, so from 12 to 17, I'm just going to read it because it's great. Do it, uh, it says, therefore... Because of this reality that there's no longer any delineation between Jew, Gentile, slave, free. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together with perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that alone right there, those you know, five verses, however much that is, um, is meaty, you guys. Like You could sit there and study that for a while. It's a great instruction manual on how we're supposed to live, but the whole of scripture supports it, which is amazing. You know, like, okay, well, what does it mean to love? Okay, like that's, we can dive deeper into that. Or what does it mean to admonish one another what does it mean to uplift one another what does it mean to sing songs and, and hymns of praise to god through the spirit what does that mean well the whole of scripture supports that you know and so it's it's one of those i mean yeah i just love that whole passage i love it i love it when you when you see what um the community of the holy spirit looks like then you yeah. read passages like that the one in ephesians um and you, and you see like this isn't just like a rule book this is this is this is what it looks like to live by the spirit. Like you live by the spirit, and you will uh -huh. find you you'll find your community living in that space. Uh -huh. um, you know, uh, and uh, that's 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 what it's always looked like historically. Always, yeah. always. Like you want to read between the lines, get under the surface of of the history, and read people's lives. And man, they loved one another. They were um, there was radical reconciliations, radical love, radical. Um, uh, yieldingness to the Holy Spirit and to each other, and mm -hmm. deference for one another. And you know, we see it, we've we've lived it. Uh, I know you've lived it. Um, the relationship that that's uh, you know that Mandy and I have with uh, with you guys, uh, where that's just that's just a defining characteristic of the Holy yeah. Spirit, and and it's um, becoming more common. Um, 
under the surface of the church. Um, Jeff, do you mind if I if I just um, sort of um, like just put us on some railroad tracks for a second? Yeah, there were yeah. some things that I felt in terms of what this reformation looks like functionally in some things. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so like I'm going into this quite like kind of just diving straight into this pool really quickly, but you know, we've had this very healthy movement um, over the last sort of 30 years of sort of conferences and movements and, and big churches and stuff like that. Um, and people say, I, I don't believe in mega churches. Well, I mean, there's five, uh, well, when, when I started using this thing, there were 5 billion people on the earth. There's, you know, seven or 8 billion now or something like that. Um, um, that's a lot of people. You're going to need some big churches. Yeah. Um, so tough luck. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but we've had these, you know, beautiful encounters and, and corporate worship and all that sort of stuff. Right. But I feel like this new wine scheme is, is different in a, in a respect in that, that stuff in some respects, it's become uh, a shell. It's become religious in that we're just doing these things. We're looking for the next word, the next endorphin hit, the next yeah. thing. And you can forget the things that are important. You just read that, that beautiful um, thing from Colossians. And it's like, you know, where is Christian community? Like are our leaders deferring to one another or are we building empires? Are mm-hmm. we treating the sheep as though we are the lead servant where we lay our lives down for the sheep or are we eating them and selling mm-hmm. their fleeces for our own well-being? Now that sounds really harsh. It sounds like I'm not, yeah. it sounds like critique. Don't, don't hear that spirit. But if we're doing it, we need to call it out and change it. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, um, it's not. I mean, anybody who's going to be honest is going to acknowledge that there is some of that, in like for better term, sheep eating happening. Yeah, and and it, and, it, and I think there's heaps of it happening, and yeah. and not always from a malicious place. It's just that when the external shell becomes religion, rather than the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you start building empires, start building churches right uh, rather than building the church building the ecclesia of mm-hmm. of um of, of manifesting god on the earth and his justice of of actually doing the things that you know colossians ephesians philippians says about how we treat each other mm-hmm. um you know uh there needs to be no more idolatry of the platform we have to let it go. yeah come on it's got to be gone you know and um and and being willing to yield our reputations um being willing to be risk averse that's a whole when we prophesy, and that's a whole other thing. Um, probably I won't go there just yet, but I mean, I just won't go there today. Um, there, there needs to be like collective strategy on how to address the earth mm-hmm. rather than just protecting your movement. Um, you know, there are things happening, especially in Western society, that the church is called to actually like, like address it collectively and with each other's backs and from mm-hmm. a space of a community that loves one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and without that, without that foundation of uh, us actually, um, as leaders, giving our lives for the sheep and and building community, where we are humble and open-hearted with them, uh, we don't stand a chance because yeah. the world, the spirit of the age will will bite uh, and bite hard. Like it, it, it's uh, it's gaslighting, it's attacking. It uses words like bigot. It uses words like conservative. It uses words like. Um, old-fashioned, uh, irrelevant, right? They're, they're all just gaslighting terms. It's nothing to do with truth. Um, but um, if you don't have that sense of open-hearted community and you're just building your empire, you won't have the wherewithal to be able to stand against those things. You'd be too busy b- protecting your reputation, your public platform and your in empire. Um, 
and it's coming to a head. There's too much pressure in the spirit now. This is the the breaking point. This is the Spanish Armada. This is the point where there's so much pressure. There's so much barometric in the pressure that the storm has to break. There has mm-hmm. to be change. There's so much injustice happening on the earth. There's so much abortion. There's so much innocent blood being shed. Yeah. There's so much robbery of the scroll of destiny that's intended for the generation through the perversion of their identity that the the balls in heaven have to tip. There's got to be a change, right? There's got to be some shift. There's so much um, faffing about with conferences and movements and stuff like that that aren't producing what God desires. They're yeah. not necessarily evil. They're not right. We're just we just got into religious uh, 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 right where we're spinning our wheels in these things, right? We're looking mm-hmm. for the next encounter, looking for mm-hmm. the next thing. And by the way, you're going to need encounter. You're going to need those. Oh, yeah. Let's throw those out, right? You're going to need that big yeah. time. But when they're out of context, and you're just running around in circles every year, prophesying that revival's about to happen, personal breakthroughs about to happen, but there's no legs, there's no grip, there's no manifesting or landing anything. There's no weight, uh, you know, no immediacy to it. You know, all you're doing is it's just hope, but hope that's constantly deferred. Um, right. It detaches itself from what's happening in, in reality. Um, uh, it has to be it has to be a shift there's, there's too much pressure in the spirit it's going to have to break yeah well and it, just if i may really quick i think that the purpose of a, a conference should be to take what you've gathered and then focus it into advancing the kingdom because yeah. there is legitimate impartation happening at conferences Absolutely. legitimate deliverance legitimate healing all those things but they're unto something and that's yeah. what God purposes to it. It's not just like, okay, now go hide until the next conference where all of you guys come together again. Okay, now go back and hide. Now come back for the next. Now, I do want to address, I guess, because this is a nuanced thing. You know, obviously there's like, you know, we can we can paint it in simple terms, but there's also nuance to it. Because I've talked to several people where they went through a hidden season where God had to had to weed out stuff. Um, a good example is Julie Lopez, who we've had on our show. She was an ex-witch. God hit her way for 10 years because she had to God had to get stuff out. It didn't mean that she didn't do some ministry, but right. in terms of really going out there, there was that nature of being hidden. Um, but I I Costin, I'm I'm with you. Like I think that we can, in our efforts to try and be like, I wonder if it's also our efforts to try and make revival happen where we're like let's push this out and let's do a conference and let's ah let's hype it up you know and then like it doesn't like revival so long as we get out of the way and we yield to the spirit is going to happen like I, i believe that is an inevitability so long as we partner with the lord and allow him to lead it versus us being like you know uh you know, Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration, where he's like, yo, I'm going to build houses for all you guys. Like, come here, you know, like, anyways. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think God wants it more than we want it. So um, yeah. don't hear, oh, revival's not a thing, or we should right. shut it down, she can seek it, right? Because that's, that's not And not you're not poo-pooing conferences per se. It's oh. just, there's an overemphasis on, okay, if revival's happening, we need to do a conference. We need to do another one, and we need to do another one, you know? So, so um you know, I talked about uh, not analyzing the platform. I love that you said about hiddenness. Um, I was thinking about, I was talking to you the other day about, uh, you know, Lana Borsa put that book out, A New Era. Yeah. 
and she was prophesying it long before that. So same timeline I was talking about in terms of the pressure, mm-hmm. the late, um, you know, 2010s. And yeah, like, uh, you know, it's easy to go, oh yeah, new era, but man, we've got to like actually land the prophetic word and listen to it. And she's probably five years ahead of the game, at least then. Um, but then when you listen to the details of that new era and other people have been talking about it too, um, you know, it talked about consecration. It talked about the old things that used to work not working anymore. You know, the, the old strategies, the old wineskins, you know, doing this and doing that. And even personally, on a personal level, the old things just not working the same way as they used to. And dealing with the, the hidden motives of the heart, the things, the junk, um, you know, uh, the false beliefs, um, the things that, that make us vulnerable to hidden sin, um, different idols and stuff like that in the heart. I'm not talking about like, getting the muckrake out and, and, and uh, uh, you know, navel-gazing and trying to witch-hunt our lives because that's bad, right? Yeah. As well. Um, but allowing, like, actually letting the, the hood, the bonnet of the car up and letting God into the engine space where we're not so worried about our, oh, what if I lose my ministry uh, 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 platform and my, my audience and my Facebook yeah. likes and yeah. not trying to manufacture words, but actually being willing to be hidden if necessary. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and actually let the Lord deal with us. Yeah. And that was that was nearly 10 years ago. Um, and the world has changed. It happened. Mm-hmm. We are in a new era. The church must, must oh, hang on. How do I put this <laughs> wisely? I don't know exactly what the new wineskin looks like. So to put a mandate, the church must do this and must do that, that's, that's probably premature, right? Yeah. I don't think wineskins change like that all the time. By the time you can see the new wineskin, you're probably behind um, by mm. a long shot, right? I think the new wineskin is manifested by the micro obediences. Wow, that's really good. You aligning yourself. Now, I might pause for a second. People can catch up with me. The micro obediences that probably would have happened 10 years ago, and it's still not too late. You can do it now. Um, where you choose to align yourself with the Lord's leading and the scriptures rather than the culture that you're in. I'm not just talking about the work culture, the age, I mean the church culture, mm-hmm. even healthy church culture where you find yourself, Lord says, I want you to do this. I want you to say that. I want you to do this, do that. Right. And when you agree with it, one year, five years, 10 years down the track, you find that you are living the new wineskin yeah. in the new era and you didn't even realize it. Now, Dude. if you want an example of that, look at the prophetic mm, movements of the 80s and good. 90s. People were told to do prophetic things. I have friends that were part of this, right? Especially uh, to places like Toronto and Brownsville, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they're encountering God in ways that get um, criticized and critiqued by the existing movement, right? Because they're new. But now everybody prophesies in church. Everybody, quite unquote, right? Um, it's mainstream. Right? It's the new one skin. It, well, it was, but it, it's changed the church. It was a reformation, right? You're mm. in it, whether you realize it or not. If you agree to the micro yeah. obediences of the day by day, if you change your ministry structure when God tells you to, when you pull back from um, the cavalier nature of trying to build a certain empire, um, and you say, "I feel the Lord," you agree with the Lord. I feel like He's saying, "How I need you to pull back from all the stuff you're doing." Um, to a certain extent or to a great extent, because I want you to deal with this or love your people mm. or spend more time with them. When you agree with those things, 
in five years you find that you and your ministry and your community are in the, you are the wineskin and you yeah wineskin it's just happened because just happened. you're following the lord and i think that that's exactly. actually really encouraging costin to a lot of people who are maybe like oh i don't want to miss the uh, um because i think if if you're if you have that pure heart posture before the lord even with your flaws where you're quick to repent you know you're quick to to whoopsie you know like and 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 right the ship but if you're in that you have that pure heart posture before the lord and your heart is to to please him your heart is to be obedient your heart is to honor him like it's going to happen like but it's when we resist, when you're digging your heels in, or you're like, no, I don't, me, but what about me? Like, I need this thing because cling to your been- idols, cling to your reputation, cling to yeah. your methodology, hide things in your heart, right? Yeah, dude. Man, and, and like, not to pick on Lana, she's just a really good example of, um, of someone that prophesied it, but, um, but there are others as well. But this new era that has been prophesied since very openly, at the very least, since 2015. And I'm sure it was probably earlier. I just didn't hear it, right? But um, um, there were there were there were markers like that God's dealing with stuff on the and that and that if you don't deal with it, it's going to be revealed. Well, look at the last three years. The number of major Christian leaders who've either thankfully admitted their sins and dealt with it, or it's been exposed, and God's given them time, yeah. given them time to get right. So much time because He's so merciful. He's so yeah. good, and He's not out there to smash us. You know, I think, um, what's his name? Uh, he was embezzling funds. He's a revivalist, a TV evangelist. Um, uh, there's, a the couple that come, there's a couple um, that come to mind. He was the classic one. that, And he got done for uh, embezzling funds. Yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. And he's just very humbly come back on the scene. And he said, he made this statement. He said, look, if that was the mercy of God, because if I didn't get caught, I was going to hell. Hmm. Right? And... Um, and the damage it did to the reputation of the body of Christ is horrific because yeah. there's nothing wrong with TV evangelism, right? But that's that's the plan of the enemy, right? It's not that's what the enemy wants. It's just, let's be real. Mm-hmm. We've only got one enemy here, and it's not TV evangelism. It's um, the enemy, right? If you think TV evangelism is wrong, then look at um, anything that happened from Billy Sunday on uh, the radio onwards. These are the the most people in history have been saved through media. Yeah, um, well, there's so many people. Oh, was it uh, Jim Baker? Baker, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. There's so sure. many people who have gotten saved. You know, like I, I, gangbangers, all kinds of people, sure. drug addicts, alcoholics yeah. that just flipped a channel and they saw a televangelist and they were like, you know, they didn't get saved. Today. It happens all over the world in all sorts of contexts, especially yep. um, Middle East. Um, but uh, so there's been time, and there's still time, but there's still people that. God is giving you time, like you if you're a leader, to deal with this stuff and to come clean. Because you do it if you humble yourself now, then you're not going to be humble. That makes sense. And um, I think you know that's that. It's the whole Revelation two and three, where the letters to the church. It's like I've given you a chance to repent, and if you don't, I'm going to take your land stand away. It's not punishment. It's about God is trying to build His kingdom, not trying. He's building His kingdom. If you build structures that are inconsistent with it or become misaligned with it. I don't think he's afraid to kick him down uh, and not not for the sake of punishment, not for the sake of robbery, not for the sake of robbing your destiny, but because he cares so much about his sheep and what he's building. 
Mm. Uh, and he's going to build those things that he needs to build. And, um, you know, it's this, uh, what's it, um, the church of uh, Laodicea, because you know, um, your um, lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I don't think he's talking about individuals per se. That was a letter to the church collectively. It's like, hey, you are building something that is producing a people that's inconsistent with my gospel. I need it to change. Right, so I'm gonna if the structure isn't working, and kick it down to do something else. Um, and I think we've seen that time and time again through history. Um, so I think that's where we're at. There, there's time to repent, um, and for some people, that time had run out. Um, and I, you know, the restoration, amen. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, there's a difference. That's not falling yeah. from grace. Falling from grace is when you walk away from the gospel and go towards um, law. Uh, and you refuse the grace of God. Um, uh, so we've misused that statement, right? It's become a figure of speech rather than the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people, hopefully, restored, man. I've seen some restored ministers. They're so humble. That's beautiful. And the fruit they bear is so precious. Um, all right. Um, the Lord began to speak to me, uh, especially around 2019, uh, 2020. And he began to speak to me. He said, dates, right? This is the, this is the atmosphere we're going to take, um, you know, the barometric pressure and the temperature uh, in the spirit. He said, World War II. World War II. Uh, now, what he meant specifically like that, there's a whole bunch of things. You know, when you're seeing a vision, sometimes it's really simple and it's precise like surgery. And other times yeah. there's so much to it, but it's so clever. Um, there's pressure. There's, um, there's a spirit of antichrist in the West right now. Uh, it's manifesting as baby communism. It's manifesting manife- uh, manifesting as socialism. It's manifesting as the woke spirit. Oh yeah. It's manifesting as critique of um, Christianity. It's and 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 admissions. Um, that's 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 just what it is, right? It's not it's not the big bad wolf. Um, it's not the first time in history, and it hasn't gone away anywhere, right? So this is just the reality of it of, of that age. Um, but that, it's manifesting hard right now. Um, and there's war in the spirit. Mm. It is what it is. This is this, this isn't like doom and gloom. Like this is, you're in a war. Like yeah. Um, so then in that, um, and there's persecution of, of the word of God, which is the same thing happened um, before, during, and after World War Two. You've got persecution of Jews, persecution of the scriptures, persecution of Christians, uh, and you've got um, you know two major isms: Nazism, and then after that, communism trying to shut down the word of God, but also like collapsing religion because religion just can't stand against the body. Events, the um, like dead religion just can't stand against the spirit of Antichrist. It doesn't have any power. Mm. And so it folds. It's, yeah. it, it makes compromises, right? It says, oh, well, we'll have to make the law doable. So it embraces doctrines like uh, of things like homosexuality and stuff like yeah. that. It just doesn't because there's no holiness because there's no Holy Spirit. There's no transformation. Mm. There's no new covenant. It's just works and doctrine and it doesn't have any power um so the answer to that is revival um and a restoration of truth Um, but i think really quick i think this guys this next part is going to be really encouraging what costin has to share uh as it parallels to events in world war ii because there is a very clear mirroring um, yeah. of what's been happening lately. And there's been a, st- a lot of stuff stirring in my spirit. When I heard him say this in our messages back and forth, I was like, yeah, dude, this is good. Yeah. 
Right. So he spoke to me about the Battle of the Bulge. Now Jeff's got his uh, maps book out. Yeah. So guys, a little thing about me. I love maps. I love like old maps. I love diagrams. So this is something that my mom, God bless her, gifted me for Christmas or my birthday, one of the two. It's a a World War II map by map. And um, so I'm going to explain what happened in the Battle of the Bulge really quick if you're okay with that costume. Do it. Okay, so. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. It's 1944, all right? And um, the Allied forces are pushing into Germany. So you're right around Belgium, Germany, Luxembourg. And uh, the ally, uh, the allied forces are fighting the Axis. They're fighting the Nazis. And uh, they're pushing against this line right here. Actually, Eric, can you do me a favor and just click on full screen for me, take off the overlay, just because I'm having a hard time fitting this in here. Leave Costin on, but just click my, yeah, perfect. Here, actually, we'll go like, there we go. There um, go. Okay, so you've got... This is the the German line right here. And so Hitler goes, do we need to break up? Because they've been facing a lot of pressure from the Allied forces. And he's like, we need to we need to break up the Allied line. Or we need to we need to just like blaze on through and we got to push towards the coast of Belgium. That's what we got to do. And the idea was to separate the the forces and cut off supply lines. So you can see. There was this line right here, and then he just blazed through. So you've got the 6th Panzer Army, you've got the 5th Panzer Army, and you've got the 6th Panzer Army. And these guys up here and those guys down there were not successful, as successful in pushing, but the 5th Panzer Division was, and they just blazed through and created this kind of, this bulge right here. And so that's where a lot of media started calling this at the time, the Battle of the Bulge. But... Hitler overextended himself. So that was the thing is, is he was like pushing hard and fast. And he was like, it required a lot of precision and it required a lot. And it just ultimately failed because um, he pushed too hard and too fast. And as a result, the terrain was too, the, the terrain ended up working against the Nazis. They started getting bogged down. Um, and as you can see right here, this big bulge like that, that actually allowed the Allied forces to squash down on them as a result of that. So that's kind of the setting the stage. Eric, go ahead and bring Costin back on, um, and we'll we'll dive into this. Okay, awesome. so that that is the what happened during the Battle of the Bulge. Obviously, the Allied forces ended up ended up being a huge. Uh, initially, see, here's the thing, and this is another detail because I think this plays into what you're about to share, Costin. The reason why it was successful initially, because Hitler pushed so hard against the allies, they weren't, they weren't ready for it. They got caught off guard. And that's why he was actually able to push in like that, um, because it, it, it caught them largely by surprise. So, yeah. That's so perfect, Jeff. Well done. You set it up for a win. So, is it, go back to the, um, the mid-2010s. And we've got this Battle of the Bulge, right? We've got the churches advancing. We're seeing amazing evangelism. We're seeing the prophetic. We're seeing um, real favor in society, mm-hmm. uh, almost turnaround in culture. Like, you know, Australia, I was a bit surprised at times. Uh, uh, you know, probably shouldn't be, but um, how um, Christianity was invading, Christians, that the kingdom was invading mainstream media, invading culture, invading 
there was a lot of people getting saved, a lot of successful big church movements that were really, really healthy, right? And then the Battle of the Bulge, and it's the woke spirit. Got, uh, the enemy hit the church so hard with homosexuality, hit it so hard with transgender, hit it so hard with this um, anti-conservatism woke attack of gaslighting that it shell-shocked much of the church and people weren't ready for it. And then on top of that, um, you've got uh, COVID as well and all the gaslighty garbage oh, and media, <laughs> massive takeover of um, media by the left. Uh, and make no mistake, that has happened. They're bought and paid for, yep. um, both in my country and in yours, yep. according to the flesh. Um, and even the the uh, the conquest of the political mountain by the left, uh, make no mistake, it's a battle of the bulge. And the enemy was looking to cut the body of Christ off from its supply line and to bring division. And in, in short term, he succeeded, but he spread himself too thin. Hmm. Now, in 2017, God spoke to me and said, um, there's going to be a whole bunch of Isaac Newton, um, a whole bunch of Isaac Newtons turning into Albert Einstein. Um, now, what I'm talking about, um, uh, Isaac Newton had um, you know, the four laws of thermodynamics, but the whole, um, you know, the law, this is the whole, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So uh-huh. Newtonian physics, but then, there was a higher revelation available to Newtonian physics, and that's um, I, um, the law of relativity. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, not going to get into that. But my my point is, there were there, God said to me, there are things that you think that people think they know, and they have an element of functional truth to them. We're going to bring a higher revelation to them, mm. and one of them was homosexuality. Mm. And I had no idea what I was prophesying. The Lord just spoke that to me, right? And then my dog's going a bit crazy. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. He's no. bearing witness, Kostin. He's bearing yes. witness to what you're talking about. Um, so I didn't know what that meant, but now I do, uh, at least to an extent. There were all this just uncertainty around um, homosexuality, not necessarily that was right or wrong. Anyone that listened to the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures knew it was wrong, but we didn't know how. And there was all these talk about, you know, are people born that way? What right. happens? You have to just live with the temptation if you get right, saved. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And then I watched as God poured out revelation about new creation for a decade and a half, where um, <clears throat> I had already been watching that, but really grabbing a hold of realizing, hey, it's actually um, the enemy has overextended himself by pushing this demonic doctrine forward. Mm-hmm. It's re- he's revealed the reality that mm-hmm. when you get saved, you're born yeah, again, yeah. and that's not who you are. Yeah. Um, not only that, but so uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I realized this is contentious for some people, but he said, not born that way. Just said it to me. Hmm. Straight. It was one day I was talking to God about something, and all of a sudden he just goes, not born that way. I was like, whoa. Just out of very strongly and clearly. So that's not even like that's not even a point that you need to argue because you get born again. And so holiness yeah. as a whole. Is a functional or a fruit, excuse me, of, of the new creation. It just mm-hmm. is, whether it's that or some other sin or yeah. some other temptation. And you don't have to live in the torment of constant temptation in an area because it's no longer a part of who you are. It's purely external stimuli by the demonic uh, uh, um, uh, um, broadcast of the enemy. Yeah. But you can, and people are living free. Mm um yeah dude yeah we bring people on our show that share about that and 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 one of the things that is i i just think that 
that's a whole other story. I'll, I'll say save it for another time. I know people are like, oh, but I'll save it for another time because I don't want to derail you, Costa. Yeah, yeah. But- so, so that's just one of the multifaceted. This whole work thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the enemy's opened himself up. There was almost an impenetrable line there in this whole work line. But then, when the enemy made a dash for the body of Christ and especially tried to run the last the coast, four years, I would say, yes, where you really saw especially. that was, I would say, the Blitzkrieg. <laughs> that yes, Hitler engaged within the last four years of just trying to blaze through overextending himself. And really quick, exactly. Costin, I want to say what made me so excited about this when you and I were talking about this, and then you said Battle of the Bulge, and I was like, Hitler overextended himself. Like I knew, because I'm you know aware of World War II history, it's something I study, and um, uh, I a couple of days prior to our conversation, I had a thought where I was like, looking at all this stuff happening, just things have show up on my feed. And I was like, I had this thought and I said, the enemy is Satan has overextended himself. He's overplayed his hand. And then when you said the battle of the bulge, I was like, battle of the bulge. And I would wager, sorry, sorry, man. I, I just got to say this one. I would wager. We've seen other battle of the bulge things throughout history, Uh not just in world war two. So, Boom. Boom. Yeah. Yes. When the English beat the Spanish, beat off the invasion of the Spanish Armada, it was something like 30 ships against 150 ships. And <laughs> if you read history about, about the about the defeat of the Spanish Armada, they say God blew and and uh and they were defeated. That's 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 a quote, like a story. Wow. God blew and they defeated because the wind um, blew the Spanish Armada north into uh, ahead of Scotland, and the, the the weather defeated them. Or something similar happened in the Battle of Britain. So right, you've got these things, and and you've got people like Reese Howells, who I'll talk about in a second, and their whole company of the Bible College of Wales praying. In fact, the whole nation, the whole the whole Empire of the UK praying for a change in the war. Right, and it happened. There's so many miracles. The fog that happened. It's all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen in history over and over again where people pray and there's a shift, mm-hmm. uh, impossible shift, right? Um, and we're going to see it again. So the enemy has overextended himself, and now we're going to see um, a, a pushback, and we're going to see a change in culture. There's a turning of the tide happening, and I, I, I think prophetically I've got this so in my spirit rose up just as we were talking. Not only is there a turning of the tide and a pushback in culture, we're seeing it. And it's not necessarily being led by the church either. There's some no. really amazing um, yeah. uh, speakers out there um, who don't necessarily um, have uh, the body of Christ interests at heart, but they are rebutting this woke. Um, well, I could name a couple. You've got, and, and it's been cool to see their turn. Uh, them all of a sudden warming. We've got Joe Rogan, Russell yep. Brand, yep. Jordan Peterson. Yep. Um, and there's several others as well that I'm noticing. There's this. All of a sudden, they're beginning to entertain the idea of of Jesus, and and yeah. the, when they originally they used to mock it, they used to be. It's really cool, man. Really cool. And to they're see. pushing back against the whole trans thing hard, and they're unarguable against arguments because it's just truth. It just stands. Yeah. So we're seeing a pushback, but the thing I got excited about is what happened after that D Day, and um, we're going to see um, a generation, metaphorically invade Europe. We're mm. going to see another generation that overwhelm the enemy 
and uh, and turn the tide of war um, spiritually. Now, I don't know what, what it's going to look like for the body of Christ in terms of structural. I don't know yet, and I want the next, but I think we're going to see a Jehu generation. They're going to throw Jezebel from the from the uh, rafters. Yeah, dude. Where she's gaslit, where she's intimidated the body of Christ. I think she's going to see, going to see her thrown down by a generation. I saw a vision. Uh, I, I can't remember what year it is. I think 2018. Um, and uh, I saw two visions particularly. One was uh, um, the wheel of a car, and all the uh, and the hubcap and and all the uh, the lug nuts on it. It had five lug nuts on the wheel. Do you go, we say lug nuts in America? Yeah, we say lug nuts. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Um, and uh, um, they were loose. And you know how when you put your, your wheels back on the car, you have to you can't just now you have to make one a star pattern. There. Yeah, you've got to you've got to yeah. you've got to go back and forward and, and yeah. gradually put all five. Mm-hmm. Um, down and the Lord said, That's the fivefold or the ascension gifts, you know, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. I'm he said, I, I am bringing restoring them to the place where they bring honor to one another and they function in their fullness within the body of Christ. I'm putting the wheels back on the church. Hmm. Now, that's he said that, and then the vision shifted, and this is the one that's relevant to this reformation is we're going to see a generation invade the mountains of influence. Now, I was standing on a field, and in the background was this mountain range. It didn't necessarily have seven mountains or anything. It was just a mountain range, right? And the mountain range was real. But then on the mountain range were these little cartoon houses and little cartoon castles. They're kind of spread out all over this mountain range, right? Like stickers almost. Mm. Um, And on each of these little houses and each of these little castles was a little flag sticking up. Now, some of them had good flags, like kingdom values and stuff like that. Some mm-hmm. of them had the um, the gay rainbow thing. Some mm-hmm. of them had evil, pride, uh, different things, right? These different demonic flags sticking up where the enemy yeah. had abortion, stuff like that. And um, as I'm looking at this, these young people, and I say young, I mean specifically, about, they were sort of 19 to like maybe late 30s. And they were running past me sort of one by one, um, you know, there'd be a group of them, but they wouldn't be together. They'd be sort of spread out as individuals, just running past hundreds of them, maybe. And they were running into the mountain range. And um, at a certain point, they would disappear into the hills. Not like I lost track of, you know, if you watch somebody run in the distance at a certain point, they disappear. But these guys would, while I was still watching, they would suddenly like disappear and they'd actually gone into the mountain or into the hill. And then... Um, a young man ran past my left side and I, I yelled out and I said, what are you? I actually yelled out in the spirit. I didn't open my mouth. What are you guys doing? What, who are you? And he turned around and looks me right in the face. And he had so much hope and fire in his eyes. And he said, we're going to take the mountains. Mm. And he was, he's like, you could feel the anointing. You could feel um, the, the heart of the Lord in it. And um, he had a leather, um, bag around his waist and inside that bag i could see he had uh wisdom and a sword hmm. and i went and i i sort of stood there stunned and i, I was watching looking at him in the spirit i could see the wisdom and the sword and um there were so many thoughts i had and maybe even maybe there were questions brewing but he like it's like he couldn't stay to, to to talk he's like he's like in the spirit it's like he's he like communicated me to me that he, he's got to go and he turned around, he ran off into the mountains, and their morale was so high. That is this generation. Like I'm seeing it now. I saw it, you know, that was mm. um gosh, it's so long ago. It feels like yesterday, 2017. And it was um 
seven years ago. Um, that's happening. What we're seeing a generation um, of, you know, and it's not too late for people like myself that are over 40, but running into the mountains, the spheres of influence to take them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got, we've got wisdom and a sword. And I saw as they did it, I was looking at the mountain range again and you see those little castles and the little houses. And what would happen is in the spirit, I could see invisibly that a group of these young people would, would, would enter into one of those houses or castles, almost like a raid. You know, like you bang the door and you run in there with your weapons, right? And then the little thing would shake, the little castle, the little um, house, it would shake. And then as I watched it shake, there was a battle going on inside and the little flag that was there, it would go do, 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 and it would shrink back down into the castle. Mm-hmm. And then he hears, and another little flag, a kingdom flag would come up. Nice. The Lord spoke to me in the same year and said, Christian media has been this corny, mm-hmm. um, kind of criticized as irrelevant. Don't even thing, get me right? started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I speak to Jeff. Bite my right tongue. Now, right? Yeah. 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 And so, and rightfully so, right? He said, that's what it's felt like. Well, it's not necessarily true, but that's what it's felt like. He said, but the age is coming where it's coming into its own. Hmm. And in fact, and I didn't realize this extent that God was speaking to me because it hadn't quite happened yet. He said, in fact, the mainstream media outlets, um, especially the like franchised ones like Disney, are going to be become so perverted and wrong that there's going to need to be an alternative and Christian media is going to come into its own place. There's going to be hmm. unprecedented prosperity and money poured into Christian media and there's going to be a quality of production that's going to blow even the secular realm away. And I've watched it happen. Yeah. Wow. We're already starting to see whispers of that, man. Like we're already This is the Reformation. Like people are looking yeah. for God to like make us all laugh on the floor at church. That's great. I'm actually believing that that will happen again, right? And they are pouring, but that's not the Reformation necessarily that's happening. That's already happening. That's already happening, mm-hmm. right? People mm-hmm. are having awesome encounters. And so they should keep having conferences, keep having encounters, right? But the Reformation that's happening is things like ministers changing from building their empires to actually being humble with their people and serving them again, which is not a, not a new thing, right? It's just restoration a realignment to heaven. It's looking like Christian media. It's looking like taking the mountains of influence, right? Yeah. Um, and having actual kingdom articulation filled with the Holy spirit where you can disassemble the um, sort of, and, and apply the Hegelian dialectic to disassemble the lies of the work spirit in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the pushback. This is the, the post battle of the bulge where the, the line of the enemy is overextended and the kingdom pushes back. Yeah. Um, you're going to see a change in culture. Well, um, and one of the things that actually ended up pushing them back during the battle of the bulge was that the weather cleared so that, you know, it was like super snowy and all of that. The weather began to clear and it allowed, uh, one of the ways was it allowed allied aircraft to come in and start just bombarding their tanks, bombarding their lines of. And so uh, what I would translate that to is, is prayer. Absolutely. You know, and I just like, uh, I know people the ball here, Jeff, because that's where I'm going next. Oh, it is. No way. Absolutely. Come on. Oh yeah. And I think too, like faith is one of those things where well, okay, let's talk about prayer first, and then I'll say that I think I'm going to make a note, and then I because I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm excited. This is exciting. 
So we're going to see a shift in politics too. And I don't just mean like um, a quote unquote conservative pushback. I mean like actual real kingdom filled people in that sphere uh, pushing back against this agenda, standing for justice, being fearless, um, being able to articulate themselves. And it's happening. Um, you know, there, there are some circuit breakers at the moment, people like Tucker Carlson, just to name a sort of obvious one. Yeah. Um, uh, even gosh, Elon Musk talking about um, the pushback against Disney. Like, that's a big deal. Like, he's calling these things out. You know, uh, I could say, well, where was the church? Who cares? Like, um, let's not criticize. Let's just get on with it. Yeah. Um, God is using people with resources. There's a lot of Cyruses out there right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And a lot of them are going to get saved or already getting saved, but as yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so prayer. So the say what happened in these pressure moments, like the Battle of the Bulge, like or Battle of Britain would be a better example, but um, um, like the Spanish Armada, like it's time for prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyone that's read Reese Howe's Intercessor, if you haven't read it, read it because you're in it. Hmm. In the spirit. We're in World War II. It just, just is what it is. It's not trying to, I'm not trying to find, sound dramatic. We're just, we're just in a, uh, an era transition in, in, the, in, the, in the epoch that we're in. Mm-hmm. And it's time to shift things in prayer. Mm. If we're going to have a conference that goes for two weeks, why can't we have hours of prayer? Yeah. The, the Bible College of Wales, at certain times, they would pray for three hours a day. That's wild. For, for three years. That's wild. They would pray until they got breakthrough. The Argentinian revival, man, the Bible College in uh, I think it's Chaco, they prayed day and night for days and the Holy Spirit poured out. They were weeping on the floor. They stopped classes. And it's not the first time this has happened. There's been many other Bible colleges, quote, unquote, in history. Mm-hmm. It's time to shift something. We don't actually believe that prayer works. Get into it and shift it. I'm going to mm-hmm. say something a bit dangerous here. Um, you're in a very dangerous election cycle in America. Yeah. I don't mean dangerous like um like oh who's gonna win dangerous. Okay. <laughs> if when when um when Trump lost the last election, before it happened, the Lord spoke to me and he showed me a tidal wave of unholiness. Right? Tidal wave of unholiness. It was standing at the at the edge of America. And he said, if the left wins, that will collapse over America. And I watched it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And people were arguing about, you know, is Trump a good guy and stuff like that. Have fun, mate. Um, all you're doing is judging in the flesh. So yeah, um, no, that's good. You, you're on the wrong battlefield. Um, it's not. That's not the issue. It's what was God was doing. And before that, I saw like God bashing um, uh, religious spirits. They were popping their head up. All that sort of stuff. But there was a tidal wave of unholiness, tidal wave of ungodliness, waiting. Just this tidal wave of darkness. Right. And he said to me that it's not a sure thing that Trump will win. People are arguing about this, arguing about that. Will he win? And I, one of the few people that called it out was Lana Borsa. And she's like, all I see is knives and daggers, but we need to actually pray for this election because it's not a sure thing. Hmm. And we didn't. And we got what we, we got the consequence of that, right? Yeah. So we saw the wave of unholiness through and corruption, right? This time around, if the left wins, that will continue to destroy America. Mm. It's just it's just is what it is, right? Can, if can the right I, wins, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. If the right wins, the left is going to go crazy, and you're going to have violence and mm. all sorts of stuff, right? So mm-hmm. you're in a, a really dangerous situation. Mm. Um, 
if you don't pray, there's no third option. I'm not talking about a third option as in a third option is who can be elected. There's also, who knows what could happen in the next few months, but who knows who could be running, things could change, right? But you're in a precarious situation. We need God to move. Yeah. We need some real prayer. Stop stuffing about and having, you know, uh, this movement and that movement. We've got to pray. Yeah. Like we need to shift this and prayer will shift. This isn't the prayer of panic. This isn't the prayer of like Henny Penny, oh, the sky is falling. We can and will see it shift. Yeah, come on. God can intervene and will if if we give him um, the, the space to do it. There were impossible situation after impossible situation in World War II. And prayer shifted things. Mm-hmm. And now is the time. I don't know if you can call the whole nation to prayer, but certainly the body of Christ itself can begin to pray. Begin to pray individually and begin to believe that what you, as as churches, it's probably better to do in a session as groups, right? Don't just go on your own. You'll get you, you're on the risk of getting your butt kicked mm-hmm. um, by a principality. But um, I mean, but would you as, you kind of had experience with that too, right? Yeah, probably not. Uh, that's probably not a, a information for the immature. Mm-hmm. Um, not, but this is probably not the space for that. Yeah. So everybody, uh, if you want to learn more about that, go watch Julie Lopez's Spiritual Warfare Explained, three, four parts. She goes into that and uh, has a lot of wisdom and insight. So if you're wanting to to get a meeting teaching on that, go go listen to that teaching series we did. So awesome. there we go. Right. Yeah. Uh, equip people. But um, but but if we pray, we can see amazing things shift, and we will. Mm. This is a time to apprehend things in prayer. Um, I asked the Lord, how should I pray for Australia? I asked him um, uh, in 2017, and, he's, and I was really crying out in travail um, for the West, especially Australia and America and some other places. And he said to me, like a spirit of faith rose up, like I actually got some substance to something, like a word of the Lord on something. When you do that, you know that you can shift something. And he said, I want you to pray, change Australian culture. Hmm. So I've been praying yeah. that since 2017. And then just in the last nine months or so, the Lord spoke to me and said, winds of change. I had somebody, they set it from the platform and immediately they said the line, winds of change, immediately God put his finger on it and said, that's what I'm talking about. I want you to pray that. So I've been praying every day. Thank you for the winds of change in Australia. Yeah. Thank you for the winds of change in government. And I just mean politics. I mean the whole governance sphere of our society. Thank you for the winds of change in media. Thank you for the winds of change in culture. And I can see a picture of it in my spirit. This is like, if you want to talk about the restoring the prophetic, the word of God and getting weight to it, not just prophesying, oh, this breakthrough coming. Mm-hmm. When you can get the word of the Lord like that, then you can begin to pray it prophetically, where you can grab a hold of it and begin to manifest it on the earth. So when you, when you begin to pray for America, pray for Australia, pray for the West, pray for the body of Christ, pray for breakthrough, when the Lord speaks into it and gives you something you can grab a hold of, you can begin to say, okay, thank you, God, for, the, for in my case, the winds of change in Australia. Thank you for the winds of change in culture. And I can feel things shifting and it's manifesting. There are people invading the, the, the mountains of culture in the West, in Australia and America and other places in the West. There are plenty of places I haven't mentioned that, it, that, that it's definitely happening. As a, I think as a manifestation of what God wants through my prayers, and other, and of course the prayers of you know millions of other saints, but um, it's happening. We have to pray. We got to pray with faith and believe it will shift something, and we will. 
Mm-hmm. This is the time. This is a this is a historical epoch in history, yeah. and we we're going to pray, and things are going to shift. It's time. Mm. This is uh, the, this is the Reese Howells time, you know. So I want to share, Costin, uh, you talking about this, um, like a tidal wave of unholiness. Um, the Lord brought back to mind a, a actual vision I had the night before. I was actually on election night in 2020. Um, and I completely forgot about it. I've shared, I shared it in like one of our first episodes of Elijah fire, I think. Um, or I shared it when I, I subbed on one of the Elijah streams episodes back during early 2021, I think. Um, uh, so, okay. It was election night and I actually was interestingly facing East. Um, so I'm a live on the West coast, uh, and Washington DC is on the East coast, obviously for those who don't know. Um, and so I was sitting there praying, it was nighttime and, and all of a sudden I ha- closed my eyes and it was almost like, I just like zipped over to the East coast. And I remember it, like I have the. I'll have these moments or these dreams where I re- they're very sensory. Like I can almost feel like what it felt to stand there. And I'm standing across, I'm standing right next to the white house on the other side of the fence. And um, I'm looking at the white house and I see some people walking around and, and things like that. And all of a sudden I looked up behind the white house, it's night. And all of a sudden, as it gets closer to light, I see this wave that would fill anyone with dread. Like there's ships stuck in it. There's debris. There's, I mean, it's this nasty, angry wave that is Classic huge. apocalypse tidal wave. Yeah. Movie. Like, yeah. like, like, like disaster movie level wave, you know, uh, think like, um, I don't know, like tw- the movie 2012 or like, yeah. uh, whatever massive wave. And I was like, uh, like, I remember looking at it. And I was like, I should be afraid of this. Like this, this is horrifying. Like if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, there's no running from this. Like you're dead. Um, and I remember watching it come down over, over like it crested over the White House, came down and I'm watching it, the very tip of the wave. And the second it hits the ground, it immediately dissip. The whole wave dissipates into gold, like gold, wow. like mist. Like I see it and it hits the ground. I remember even, even today, I remember what it felt like. I felt it pass through me. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And then I pulled out and I saw the globe and I saw that, that, that point of impact gold immediately, like this gold mist enveloped the whole earth. Now, for those who don't know, Gold can often symbolize God's glory. And I made the assumption at the time because it was election. I'm like, oh, that's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Um, and that's, that's my fault. Um, but now I'm looking at it and going, no matter what the enemy throws at us, so long as we posture ourselves before the Lord and we continue to intercede, like I just, I see God's ultimate plan over all of this. His the better word that he's speaking over this planet, over the people of God, over society, over the mountains of society is for his glory. Yep. And, um, I just, I I just have so much hope you guys like, it's a supernatural hope. It's not like 
oh, I'm hopeful because this, this, and this. At the time, it looked really bad. After all this stuff happened and this torrent, this wave of unholiness that you're talking about, Costin, has kind of swept over the face of the earth. Oh, but yeah. but ultimately, years, yeah, but ultimately seeing that God is, there, there's there's a flip that's going to happen, you know? Um, so I'm really encouraged and I hope that you guys are encouraged too by that. Um, God, amazing, God wins, man. God wins. And I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see the, God do something supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see people rise up in prayer. We're going to see amazing targeted intercession. We're going to see people enter the mountains of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we're going to see the um, kind of sudden collapse of a lot of the, la- the woke media outlets. I think we're going to see the decentralization of media. Um, so a lot of um, this, <laughs> large yep. fire, um, a lot of private media, a lot of... Um, it'd probably be a bit confusing for people because there'd be so many voices in the wilderness. Um, uh, but uh, we're going to see um, they call it uh, citizen journalism, but with an educated, serious edge to it. Mm-hmm. And we're already seeing it. Um, and I think we're going to see the erosion and uh, a fracture of um, the what looked like a, a juggernaut of leftist government. It, it, a lot of institutions and things. Yeah, like I think that. we're going to see yeah. them fracture and, and yeah. internally, and uh, and see. Um, Restoration. You're going to see yeah. change. You're going to see Dude. some shift. Uh, universities again shift. Um, there's a there's a turning of the tide. It's happening. Mm. Um, man. Yeah. God. Yeah. I, this is the age of the persistent widow. You know um, how much more will um, Father in Heaven bring uh, bring about justice for his for his righteous ones who cry out to him day and night. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we going to see? Uh, and we are seeing already. Like this is kind of you talk about reading the temperature. Um, we're seeing radical movements of evangelism uh, across America, across Australia. Um, fair warning, I think the other, the other, um, you know, talk about, God spoke to me about timelines. He said uh, we've moved from World War II to the 1960s and 70s. Hmm. And uh, what he meant by that is that uh, this is how God speaks to me. He speaks to me in like concepts. Like he's like, okay, now you're in the 1960s and 70s, and then that was a era of. Um, unjust war that was um, driven by behind the scenes political motivations right military industrial um, complex yep um, yeah uh um government misinformation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and, and and of course the the hidden sort of commercial private um agendas that drive some of that mm-hmm. um and then um radical um spiritual and sexual experimentation yeah hippie hippie movement yeah and i think we're in a different version like i don't think we're in the hippie movement now but um but but in that similar taste mm-hmm. we're in a place of radical spiritual and um sexual experimentation that's the 1960s so we just recognize that hey there's going to be a lot of a lot of misinformation gaslighting in the air there's going to be so you've got those two eras you know in this is just the world right the world spirit's not happening in the church but you've got You've got the World War II communist thing happening and you've got the 1960s, 70s misinformation and sexual and spiritual like zoo happening. Um, But in the midst of that, both those times you had radical prayer and radical turnarounds. The Jesus movement, people say um, that God spoke to them and said this was the result of millions of mothers and fathers praying for their children. Mm. We're going to see it again. We're going to see people um, set free. Um, we're going to see 
uh, God is stockpiling testimonies of people set free from homosexuality and transgender. Mm -hmm. We're going to see mm -hmm. it in the public sphere. He's stockpiling that yeah, sort of vision of, a, of like a stack of papers. Um, just like God dealt with drugs, um, you know, and then we've seen, you know, 30, 40 years more, 50 years of people being set free from drugs through um, the power of the gospel. We're going to see the same thing with all the newest fads of sin. Um, we're going to see people set free. It's going to be a very real. Uh, we're going to see a sweeping. Um, I'm still praying for this, but that's uh, um, one of my life missions to see sweeping revelation of uh, the reality that the gospel doesn't just set you, it doesn't just forgive you, it sets you free from sin. Yeah, I, I believe that that's going to become household doctrine, just like grace, yeah. the, the righteousness of, of positional righteousness that comes through grace. Mm. Thank you, mm. Lord. Yeah. Um, I just felt the burden lift off me. Like I, I feel like I've, I've emptied out everything. Yeah. That I want to say. Yeah. No, I feel it too. I think I think this is a great place to stop. I I think that. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. No. Please do. I'll let you wrap up and summarize. First. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I just um, I I got nothing else. I don't feel like I'm supposed to add anything else. So um, yeah. Go ahead and pray. Um. Just as I go to pray, I someone said it in our world recently about the you know the the bowls of the prayers of the saints that you see in Revelation. Yeah, and when they tip, I I think it's time for the judgments of God. I'm not talking about wrath or the end of the age. I'm talking about the judgments of God on certain things on the earth that need to change. I think the, it's time for the bowls to tip, and it's the prayers of the saints are a great deal of that weight. I think it's happening. I think it's time. And I think we're going to see some prayer happen. That's going to shift these things. We're going to see people go into those realms, Amen. those spheres of influence and see them shift. I think we are going to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before within our churches mm -hmm. as well. Um, Father, uh, I don't feel like this is the time for fancy prayer, God. I think this is the time to humble ourselves before you. Not because we've done anything wrong, but because we need to see your judgments on the earth. We need to yes, see change Lord. on the earth. Yeah. So, Father, me and anyone that's with me here watching this now or in the future, um, now we turn off all the microphones and the lights for a second. And Lord, we humble ourselves. We pray you would move, move on the earth. Further innocent blood that's been shed through millions of abortions, we pray. You would move, Lord God, on their behalf. For the the millions of souls whose destiny has been stolen through, um, through, through through the lies of the work spirit, Lord God, through the lies, the, um, the narrative of, of transgender or homosexuality, Lord, for those millions of souls whose destinies have been stolen, damaged, burned, um, Lord, we pray for them. That you bring justice on the earth, Lord God. Mm -hmm. That you would turn them around, Lord God. Turn these things around for the students at universities across both our countries and the world who are being lied to right now, whose uh, open doors to the idea of Jesus are being um, crowded shut by the lies of the narrative of the age. Lord God, would you have mercy? Would you come, Lord, for the agendas, the political, global agendas that are looking to wipe out health, looking to wipe out 
reproductivity, looking to wipe out a generation through war, looking to influence media, um, to the destruction of souls, to the destruction of lives. Um, for the for the Lord, the, the, the globalist agendas are looking to um, bring narratives that destroy lives, Lord God, mm-hmm. in our economies, mm-hmm. in Russia, in Ukraine, um, in the UK, Lord God, would you turn things around, God? We humbly ask, would you turn things around, Jesus? We stand in the gap and we say, bring about your gospel on the earth, Lord God. Yes, we Lord. ask that you would change lives, your open doors, that people in the most unexpected places when you encounter the man in white and have dreams about you, that you give us boldness, Lord God, and clarity to articulate the truth of heaven on the earth in all its spheres, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray for where there's junk to deal with, that we'd open our hearts to you and to the right people in the body of Christ and get it dealt with, Lord God, where we've got poison in the engine room of our, of our lives and ministries, Lord God, that we would open the bonnet, the the hood of our lives and let you work, God. That if we're called to go into hiddenness, even if there's nothing wrong, that we would forsake the idol of the um, of popularity, of movement, of success, of the platform when you're calling us to do this. Lord God, humbly go into hiddenness so that you can do in us what you want and we can lay those things on the altar till they burn and we're safe to put on the, altar, on the, on the uh, platform again, Lord. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I pray, lastly, intercede for the generation, anyone that's under the age of 19 right now, Lord, that you would move, that you'd re- you would reveal the scroll of the generation, God, what they're called to, who they really are, Lord, and that we would be able to champion it, we'd be able to facilitate for it, we'd be able to defend it, and we would be able to prophesy it and call it forward. In the name of Jesus, mm. thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Kostin, you don't have a social media presence per se. People can go to mandywoodhouse.com. Uh, every now and then there's something from you on there. But but <laughs> um, you contributed to Mandy Woodhouse's, your wife's, book free indeed there's a revised 2023 edition we'll put a link in the description it's not there already but it's super easy if you guys go to amazon you can type in free indeed mandy woodhouse you'll see it right there on the top it's only 15 bucks you guys it's a really quick read really meaty about yeah. a lot of what costa was talking about in regards to what he's seeing as household teaching um you're gonna you're gonna get a full dose of that in this book and it is so amazing lauren and i my wife we had the honor of writing a, uh, you know, an endorsement in there, uh, and we were so both so blessed by the book. So, fifteen bucks, you guys, super. I mean, everybody can afford that. Uh, link is going to be in the description, but you can also go to Amazon. Free indeed, Mandy Woodhouse. I know I've plugged it several times, but if you have not gotten it, it's fifteen bucks worth your time. So, check that out. Costin wrote, um, you wrote a chapter in there, but it's a good meaty chapter. Yeah, seven. yeah, yeah, super good. So. Dude, thank you so much. This was awesome. I loved this. Jeff, I was praying beforehand and I felt like there's the potential that this might be one of the last times I get to do this with you. I don't know why I felt that. It might not be true and I hope it's not true. Mm -hmm. I wanted to publicly honor you and your Mm -hmm. team. You are, you said you felt like a bridge to a generation. You are a bridge to a generation. Mm -hmm. 
And um, for those that are listening, like I want to honor Jeff and uh, Lauren and their team right now, Illumination and the crew. You've kept your finger on the pulse of the Holy Spirit and stayed relevant, not relevant to the age, relevant to the Holy Spirit. Um, and it, it's continued to evolve because you've stayed on the pulse of that. Mm. And you are very necessary preach to the generation and, and a very necessary vehicle for the things that God's trying to release on the earth. Mm. And God doesn't take it lightly. Mm. This is huge. Not honor you in front of all the people that are watching or honor you and what you guys have done. Hmm. Um, it's almost like a, you know, came in seed form. You know, it's exciting, but small. You don't know where it's going to go, but this is significant on the earth. Hmm. Significant. Wow. You're right in the middle of the will of God. You, you know, we talked about, you know, if you just obey in the micro obediences, um, you'll find yourself in the middle of the new wineskin when the time comes and you've done that. We're in a, People are, are externally observing the rise of Christian media. Um, you're already there mm. because you're obedient. Thank mm. you. Honor you. This is significant on the earth. And I, I don't think the Lord just says that to honor you. I think that he says that because there's more. Wow. Amen. I'm excited yeah. for you. Yeah. Dude, thank you. <laughs> that means a lot, dude. Thank you. That's such you. a compliment for me. It's such an honor for me. That's from the Lord, and I feel that it's a prophetic um, mm. weight on it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> 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 Woo. Yeah. Thank you, man. Well, uh, if this is actually your last time, you know what a what a great what a great I don't know not a period maybe like a dot 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 of what God is going to continue to do and really pouring out your heart. You know, I've gotten to know you over however long, and this is very much like reflective. This episode is very much reflective of your heart, very reflective of how God speaks to you and the redemption. You're always speaking redemption. You're always speaking hope and um, very fitting, you know, like you're married to Mandy and that's something that she's big on too. Is she's got outrageous hope. It's outrageous hope. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, man, this is great. And a great way to like really usher people into the weekend. Um, if they're not there already, you are there already. Uh, <laughs> but uh, man, yeah, thank you so much. This was great. I bless you guys. Love you, Zapes. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Um, guys, have a blessed weekend. Uh, tune on on Monday. We've got Ben Pauling but he's joined by his brother Samuel Pauling and they're both filmmakers and you guys may be well aware some of you aren't uh they're actually making a legit like movie like like feature length movie uh mainstream movie but he had a dream uh God gave him a dream uh and it was the whole movie kind of played out in this dream um and so uh they've got some major headway they're going to be shooting this year uh and they're really pushing they've got like one of the producers of the Chronicles of Narnia, one of the producers of the Godzilla film, one of the producers of, uh, oh, it's right there. One of the other, another big movie. So um, they're going to be joining us on Monday. Um, you know, I'm a film guy, you guys. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and it's been, you know, you rejoice with those who rejoice. And I'm really stoked to see they've gotten a lot of headway. Um, and so they're going to be joining us on Monday, 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, guys, this blessed you. Uh, we ask that you prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. That allows us to um, make waves. That allows us to really push. We're doing a lot of big, 
I really feel like Elijah Fire is 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 now the Allied offensive after the Nazis pushed into the Battle of the Bulge. I really feel well, like we're in Tom. that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're in that. I know there's a lot of other people that are in that same boat where it's like you just bam, battered, battered, battered. And now it's like, oh, I just really feel this rise. I felt this rise as we entered into 2024 where God's like, okay, it's it's your turn now. You know, like, and, uh, you know, we were diligent and um, I really feel like we're going to be making a lot of big headway. Um, and so, uh, yeah, ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you guys can get in on that. Just, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks. Um, and you get the double whammy. You support this ministry and also the wells, a new freshwater well every two days. Every two days, you guys, we're digging a freshwater well. That is wild. Um, and that number is going to go down to every day. We're going to, I like, I'm just prophesying that now. I really believe that. Oh. Um, so, uh, guys, we're so grateful for all of your support. You guys are so generous. Uh, <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll see you on Monday with Ben and Samuel Pauling at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today.